Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, First Thessalonians, it talks about something about the rapture. Let me, let me read it to you real quick. First Thessalonians chapter 4, you may know this, but it says, Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church, and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who had fallen asleep, really those who had died. He says, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with him those who sleep in Jesus. For we say this to you by the word of the Lord, that those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So what Paul is saying is all your loved ones who have died in Christ are, are with God now. Okay? All the loved ones, all those who accepted Christ, they're with the Lord. They're going to come back with the Lord. Okay? And they're going to come back first. Now, he comes on and he says, and they're not going to precede us. And, and, and then he says, let's talk about the rapture of the church. He says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay, so what's going to happen is their spirits are going to somehow come back. Miraculously, they'll have a body, okay, a new glorified body first, come out of the grave and instantaneously. And you go, well, how, how's God going to do that? Uh, my uncle who died was sprinkled all over the, the sea. His ashes are all over and, I mean, his... God can do that, okay? So God's gonna, God's gonna do that. So they're gonna rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, that's the believers, are gonna be caught up, okay? Now that's the key word because people will come and they'll tell you the word rapture is not found in the Bible. And that's true. The word rapture is not found in the Bible, but the word Bible is not found in the Bible. The word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but the concept is found in the Bible and it's based upon this word. Okay, so if you look at your Bible, underline that word. The word is translated harpazo, harpazo. Okay, and then the Latin word harpazo is rapturus, where we get our English word rapture. So when the church talks about rapture, he's talking about harpazo. Okay, and here's what it simply means. Very quickly snatching up, very quickly. Um, that's what the Lord's going to do. He's going, it says here, he says, then when we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, harpazo, to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Um, I just got back from a prophecy conference uh, in Tucson, and one of the great speakers, the prophecy speakers, I think it was Mark Hitchcock, he writes a lot of books, he said this. He said, the return of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord is in two phases. And everybody went, wait, whoa, 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 that's not what we talking. He says the first phase is the Lord's going to come in the air. He's not going to touch the ground. And the second phase is then he'll come on the ground. He'll put his foot on Mount of Olives and it'll split and all that good stuff. That's the second coming. We, we know that is the second coming. So what we do in Christianity is we say, okay, we have the rapture and then we have the second coming. Okay, When really it's the second coming of the Lord, only the first time he's going to catch us and, and take us to heaven. You need to remember that we're the bride of Christ, okay? And a, a lot of times, it, let me just say this. Think about your bride. Think about your wife, okay? Think about when you first married her, when there she was in the white gown and she looked the best she was ever going to look the rest of her life, okay? And you were crying and tears were coming down. Remember that day, men? 
you would not be married and then, or, or, or you loved her so much, there wasn't any type of wrath you wanted to put on her. You understand that? I mean, that's your bride. So it wasn't like you were like, oh, I love you, Nathalie, but watch this. You're going to go through all kinds of... So a lot of people will say, no, well, the church is going to go through the tribulation. Well, we believe right here that we're going to be taken out. Now, can we agree, and Mike and I have talked about this, can we agree that we're not going to incur the wrath of God, the seven-year tribulation, but I believe that we might, as believers, face persecution. We can agree to that, right? We are, we are going, we're going to see that. Now, again, so you have the rapture. This is the rapturist. You guys see that, harpazo. Um, Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, says it's, it's going to happen this fast, in the twinkling of an eye, which is, science is broken down to half a blink. So, so again, we're not going to sit here in some of those movies. They'll be like, oh, what's that? Wow. And there goes Mike floating to the sky and hits the ceiling and then falls back. You know what I mean? It, it's it's going to happen that fast. And And the point of us being here tonight, guys, is this is happening. And it's exciting and it's scary. Mike, would you say... It's scary and it's exciting and it's scary. Uh, like I said, Wednesday night, you know, we are here now and God did this on purpose. We're here for such a time as this. It is exciting. Some of the things we're going to talk about and all you have to do is watch the news or read your Twitter feed or however you get your news. It is scary, but none of this is catching God by surprise. And he has a plan for us in the midst of what's happening. And uh, it's going to be, it's an adventure. You know, when you become a Christian, you sign up for an adventure. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right. okay, Lord, we're going to follow you. Right. And uh, he's going to get us through it. And uh, that, so tonight's going to be encouraging, but it's also going to be a little bit sobering too, I think. Right. And, and here's the point. The point I want to make is that the Lord is coming back. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay. The, the question is not if. And really the question is when? And I think that's a lot of the question that we all have in our mind. When is he coming back? Um, I think of Gabby right here. She told me yesterday she was 17 years old, made me feel really old. But she's got her whole life ahead of her. You know, she, she wants to do stuff. But, but what Gabby and the rest of the young people need to know is, is heaven is far better than anything that she could ever have here on earth. And it really is. And the Lord knows that. And the Lord knows for such a time, whether you're 17, 27, 37, 57, whatever it might be, okay, for such a time as this. So we, we want to kind of figure out when, what's going on. Okay, do you remember the disciples? Don't you just love those guys? The disciples, they came to Jesus in Matthew 24, and they said, um, they were in the Mount of Olives, and they basically, the disciples came to him privately, say, tell us when these things will happen. What will be the signal of your return and the end of the world? And so they're asking that. They ask the same question. Lord, when? When? Okay? If you're like, if you're like, hey, Ben, what's going on? Because I was really planning a vacation in August and, and I'm going to take two weeks. Am I we still going to be here? What's going to happen? I don't know. But I do know that we're going to look at it biblically and see what's coming back for us. We know Jesus is coming back. Um, and so let me give you the purpose, okay? 
um, of what's happening. I want to put I want to put things in perspective. Now, a lot of you have been getting, hopefully, maybe not, getting a lot of information about what's happening. A lot of news stories, people you listen to, and um, and and that's fine. You got to take it with a grain of salt. You don't know what's really true or what's not true. If you recall, um, back um, uh, in the election. Um, we were getting a lot of stories, and and none of it ever came to pass. <laughs> and every every two or three weeks, we're like, <gasps> <gasps> and so we got to be careful, okay? We got to be careful. But but let's talk about this, okay? If you're taking note, here's totes, here's what I want you to do. Prophecy um, is not to scare us, but to prepare us. And here's what I want you to do, okay? After tonight. Just thinking about this should, number one, motivate us to holy living. It should motivate us to holy living. Okay? And Second Peter 3, 11, 12, 13, and 14, this is what prophecy should do. Number two, it should calibrate our perspective about life here on earth. And that's really what we need. We need to calibrate because there are some things we're still worried about that we don't need to worry about. There's some unforgiveness in our hearts today that we need to let go. We need to confess it. We're holding on to that, and it's, and it's robbing us of our walks with God. And so prophecy, understanding, is going to calibrate our perspective here on earth. But it also elevates our mission to be salt and light on the earth. Okay, So it should elevate our mission. Here's what we're called to do. Now, if you're in this room tonight and you are saved, you are saved by the blood of the Lamb, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know that if you die today, you'd go to heaven, you say, Amen, then basically, God saved you for a reason. He saved you to be salt and light. He saved you to be salt and light in your schools and in your workplaces, all of that. That's what you're called to do. The one person in your job could be the one that needs to be saved, and that's why God, He's so amazing. He's so amazing. Okay? Let me tell you a little story, if I may. I, growing up, I got saved at 17, and I had older brothers. They were eight, year old, eight years older than me. And I loved my brothers, and I was always witnessing to them. I was always telling them about Jesus. I'm saved. And they sort of gave me the little brother, go, okay, go play by yourself over there, you know. And I would tell them about Jesus, and, and, and I thought, well, man, my brothers aren't ever going to hear the gospel. I mean, it was it was it was frustrating, up until up until the pandemic, and one of my older brothers started listening to the teachings, and he's reading his Bible now. He's talking about. I mean, and I'm and I just I just smile. Yeah, I, it, I just smile because I said, God, you're awesome. You're not gonna. You're not going to leave the one. Here I was worried about my brothers, but you might be worried about somebody here tonight that you go, they're never going to get saved. They're never, they're running from God. And I go, you know what? Listen, don't buy that lie. God is going to go after them. He's going to go after them. And, and it may not be in our timing, but he's going to do it. And I think that's the purpose. And last but not least, guys, prophecy, it should stimulate our heart, um, a heart for the love for the lost. Okay, it should stimulate our heart. That's what we should be doing. Now, again, it motivates us to holy living. It calibrates our perspective about life here on earth. It elevates our mission to be salt in life. And it, it stimulates a heart of love for the lost. That's what it should do. Okay? 
So Mike and I, we're going to talk about this. Jot this down. There's four major questions we, we brought out, okay? We're going to talk about the war, specifically the war in Ukraine. We're going to talk specifically about that's one of the questions that's on your mind, okay? What, what, how does this tie into the Bible? Here's why. Here's why, church, listen to me. Because there's a lot of people who say, well, Ben, 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 there's always been war in the Middle East. There's always been. There's always some sort of conflict, okay? And that's true. But when you, when you add up all the rest of what's going around in the world and you add up a pandemic and you add up all of these things and you add up what's happening with the money situation, there's never been a time like this before, Okay? So the second one question, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about that globally. What's happening? And if you ever watch the news, you know that the dollar's dropping faster than, than ever before. And I read today that we're printing more money. And I'm just thinking, how do you just print more money? That just kills the dollar, right? You understand that. Uh, okay. Um, then we're going to talk about um, the mark of the beast in Revelation 13. And uh, all of this stuff. So you have the mark of the beast. And then we're going to spend just a little bit of time. Now, again, if you have questions, jot those down. Okay. War. What is it good for? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't go there. Absolutely. Don't uh, say it. Okay. I was going to. I was tempted. He was tempted. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about the war in the Ukraine. You've got to remember, biblically, there was a war that already happened. It's the Psalm 83 war. Okay, in Psalm 83, there's already been a war. You go, well, what, what happened? It was the five-day war that happened in 1967. Okay, and, and I'll read it to you here in, in, in just a moment. But what it was, it was a confederacy of, in which the Muslims were subject to judgment that was actually detailed in Ezekiel 25 through 32. And, and so what happens, you'll get a lot of, uh, get a lot of scholars going, well, wait, 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 wait. Well, don't we have to go to a Psalm 83 war first before a Ezekiel? So you got a Psalm 83 that I believe happened already because the bordering nations, okay, around Israel, they're really at peace. Saudi Arabia, you can go there today. Egypt, they're, they're not, they're not BFF, you understand, but they're friends. They're not, they're not at war with each other. It's, it's the other ones that are one. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you heard this today. Iran is ready right now with, with nuclear weapons to shoot at Israel right now. Did you hear that? Did you, you know anything about that? I didn't know about that today. I know they've been working hard on that, and the deal with Iran was basically a path to a nuclear weapon for them uh, back and even uh, when President Obama negotiated that. During President Trump, the reason why he was ma- able to make so many peace deals in the Middle East was because Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and others saw the uh, increasing power of Iran in in the region. And so they had their proxies in Yemen lobbying missiles into Saudi Arabia. They have their proxies in uh, in Lebanon and in Syria harassing their neighbors there. And so the Arab states saw Iran rising. And so to counter that, they were they were making deals. They were getting friendlier with Israel, and they're getting friendlier with the United States under President Trump. And now... Under this administration, we're going back to the Obama doctrine, basically, and empowering Israel, uh, uh, Iran again. And and how close are we? Do you know? I mean, as far as, as I mean, um, well, we'll get into that. But I yeah, don't know if yeah. you had heard anything today as far as that goes. Well, they've you know they've they've stated, and you've heard this. You know, Iran wants to push Israel into the sea. 
and that's that's their stated mission. So if you don't believe that that spiritual warfare is real, all you have to do is look at why do why do uh, non-believers hate Jews, Israel, and Christians? It makes no sense, um, except for that there is spiritual warfare, and then it makes complete sense. Amen. Amen. So you have the Psalm 83 war, okay? That took place in 1967, the five-day war, okay? Then you'll have the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, here, let me give it to you in a nutshell. Russia and the coalition are going to be pulled into a war, okay, in Israel. They're going to be pulled into a war. Initially, they're not going to want anything to do with it, but they're going to be pulled into a war. Now, here's, here's, what's, here's what's different about this war. In 1967, Israeli troops, with God's help, won the war. In the Ezekiel War, the troops won't even shoot a, 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 a gun or a missile or anything else. God will supernaturally intervene and wipe Russia out. So, if you get nothing else out of this tonight, know that Russia, quote-unquote, is not a threat uh, globally. God's going to take care of them one day. But that doesn't mean that there's other world powers that are already just kind of hiding behind the curtain and, and, and trying to deceive the world, okay? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay, so what does Russia and the current events have to do with the Bible prophecy. What does Russia, okay? According to my prophecy conference, we need to realize that what's going on in the world today are, is literally, um, they're like signs on a runway light. This is, this is going to happen, okay? What you need to write down and what you need to remember, according to Amir Safadi, is that everything that Russia pulls out or is saying is pure propaganda. Okay, so you can't you can't just believe well because there's a lot of stuff coming out of there. There's a lot of of fake news. Okay, so much so that even I mean we just have to figure out what's going to go what's what the word of God says because we know this is true. But the question is again, Mike, and um, um, why why Ukraine? Why now? What's going on? So. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, back in the day when he was like, he wasn't even, he was like president. There was a, they had a president and he was the prime minister and then he made himself a permanent prime minister or whatever that position was. And so he basically put himself in permanent power over Russia back then. And then until now, he has always talked about reuniting the Soviet Union. So he wants to, you know, reconquer those states all the way to Poland get the Soviet Union back together as one. So that's one of his big motivations. So he wants, he wants the USSR back, okay? And part of that is just conquering the Ukraine. But what I found out today, believe it or not, is um, Russia, if you will, right now, is like, right now is like a mother bear robbed of her cubs, okay? They're real, real aggressive. And just like Mike said, he never got over the breakup of the USSR. Now, there's some kids in here that probably don't understand or, or realize that there was a USSR back in the day, and it broke up, and of course it was Russia, and then you had all of these other smaller countries. But let me say this, okay? Russia 
has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons right now. Okay? And the, and and when you hear in the news that Vladimir Putin is um, not afraid to use them. So, Mike, we, we've had the United States give some sanctions, and he's come back a little bit angry saying, I'm going to push the button. Okay, what is your take on that as far as... Um, I don't know what to think about that. You know, if he wants to get to, you know, he's getting old. Uh, the rumors are, could be fake news, but that he might be sick. Uh, you know, so he may have a sense of urgency to accomplish his goal in a short amount of time. Uh, now, I have heard this, and I do believe this. Ukraine has done a pretty good job of putting up a fight and resistance. And so in order to break through that resistance, it might push Russia to chemical warfare, and we've heard the State Department war about, uh, warn about that, uh, and then also perhaps nukes. I, you know, I'm not as worried about that, but maybe I should be. Um, here's the other thing, too, that I've noted. This is the weirdest conflict I've ever seen in the media because every time the State Department says something or the president says something or the administration said something, it's like, it's like a precursor. They're like, they're like, it's almost like they're scripting it. It's like, okay, here's your next move. It, that's the way it seems to me. I don't know if that's truth or not, but it's been, uh, so when I hear them say chemical weapons, it worries me that maybe that might be next. So you have Russia, okay? They've, they've come in, they've conquered, you know, they're, they're coming in and trying to take the Ukraine. Now remember, Ukraine is part of the coalition that we'll see in Ezekiel 38. That's, that's one of the countries. So you've got to understand. Um, most likely, if I was going to read scripture the way, just literally, they will conquer the Ukraine. Now the Ukrainians are really, we know we need to pray for them. There's already a million displaced people. Um, it's the, the, the kids and everything. So, so, I mean, uh, we need to do our, our due justice and pray for the Ukrainian people. But most likely, somehow, um, the Russian people will conquer that, at least to the point where they go, okay, okay, we'll, we'll come in and, um, and we'll do that. Um, the problem with this, guys, is that C, CBNBC, and take it for what it's worth, they've actually thought that World War III has already started. Okay, and it was a continuation from World War II. If we learned anything from World War II, this is exactly what Hitler did back in World War II um, when he thought, hey, I need to invade Poland. Okay, and everybody said, okay. And you can see that our administration is doing the same thing. We're sort of slapping him on the wrist and we're not, we're not being um, the, the mega power that, that, that we were supposed, we were at one time. Now, some of you might ask, hey, why isn't America mentioned in the Bible? Well, I believe that it's probably because we're, we're going to implode financially. Uh, if you had asked me this a year ago, I would have said because of the pandemic and the shutdowns and everything that did, you realize that the shutdown did more harm, um, across the, uh, across the world than it did good. We, we, we have to, it took us two years to figure that out. But now they're coming back going, you know, maybe we shouldn't have shut down the whole world. You know, and I think we're what, like 600 days to flatten the curve? I mean, that's kind of where we are now. And so, and so again, you've got to re, you've got to remember that. Now, oh, you have something? Well, yesterday, 
today, yesterday was this was the two year anniversary oh, yeah. of Flatten the Curve. So it's been two years. Two years, right? This is where I wanted to throw in the the World Economic Forum. Okay. Because and maybe this is just me, um, and so and I could be wrong about this, but I think for me, I kind of look at everything now through the World Economic Forum filter. Uh, of the Great Reset. I don't know how many of you have heard of the Great Reset, but the World Economic Forum has been very public, even on their website, saying by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And it's really communism. It's just another form of... It is. It's just communism. And all of the uh, leaders in the World Economic Forum, um, during the beginning of the pandemic... Uh, have said, and it's the whole Rahm Emanuel and, and Barack Obama, don't let a good, uh, Hillary Clinton, don't let a good uh, crisis go to waste. And they were saying that the pandemic is an opportunity for them to start implementing their policies, and that's what they've been doing. Um, and so they've been using it, you know, during the shutdowns, they've been seizing power and control and these things that they've put in place, like uh, vaccine mandates, like uh, mask mandates, like um, other things like that, that we've, they, they have not taken those away. So even in places where they say, okay, they're getting rid of, like in New York, they said they're suspending the mandates. They're suspending the vaccine mandates. They're not taking them away, they're suspending them. So a lot of what, I, a lot of what I'm going to be saying from here on is probably going to have a lot to do with the World Economic Forum. Not so much the war stuff, because I'm not as clued in on the World Economic Forum with the war stuff, but the money stuff for sure, which is our next topic. Right. So, well, let's right. get back. Let's let's get back here. Um, so you know. So so how does this fit in biblically? Well, Ezekiel. Okay, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Um, it's it, it boils down to one thing. Okay, it boils down to uh, natural gas. That's what it boils down to. Okay, they basically what happens is is the the Russian attack in Israel is going to start with the Ukraine, but eventually, how God is going to pull them into a war is going to be through um, through the spoil, through oil and gas. Okay, and you need to keep that in mind in in the pipeline. Um, just yesterday, Egypt said, okay, if, 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 okay, so, so we've, we've what? We've sanctioned, we're not gonna, we're not gonna buy, okay, we're not gonna buy, um, gas from Russia anymore, we're gonna sanction that we're not, and so our gas prices go up, but really it's only 3%, so you guys do the math, and, and, but what happened is Egypt told Israel yesterday, hey, um, why don't you increase the production to us and then we'll supply the Middle East with oil. Now, now they're already piping um, oil and gas to, to Egypt from Israel. And so they said, hey, why don't you do this? Now, isn't that kind of like a little little fist in the face of Russia? Wait a minute. That article I sent you the other day where Israel is being asked to increase production. They have a pipeline they started 10 years ago between Israel and Europe. And so they're also increasing their production to help supply Europe. Okay. Israel is. And so what happens is the neighboring countries, all the, all the Middle East countries are going, we can get our gas from somewhere else. Well, what is that going to do? That's going to make Vladimir Putin, what, 
he's going to make him mad. Okay, and and so what happens is again, think about that. Now they also you need to understand the the Russian attack on on the Ukraine. I I kept asking and I asked people, what was that? What is this about? Because I know it's not Ezekiel. I know it's not the thirty eight war yet. I get that, but is it leading us to this? And and it came back to capture the spoil. They want oil. They want the oil and gas. Everybody got that. But they also want to crush Israel. Okay? Russia still wants to crush Israel. Okay? They want to crush Israel for one reason. Um, uh, Israel is a mass produ- producer of oil and gas. They have Leviathan and they have Zoar. And I mean, and and God has blessed Israel, this little tiny state full of oil and gas, natural gas, and Russia's going to want that. They're going to want that. Now, when we talked about Ezekiel 38 and 39, do you guys remember um, I would when I did, uh, are we living in the last days, and when we talked about it during the pandemic, here's what I said. I kept thinking, what, what, what's going to be the hook to bring Russia back in? And it's always been, it's always been natural gas, okay? Agreed. But then I thought, now, this is going to trip you out, okay? I thought, well, maybe food. You realize that there are 13 major famines in the Bible, and a lot of times, okay, so what's happening is that Israel, okay, is producing more food than they can export. And they're growing watermelons in the desert, and they're, they, they know how to grow food, okay? Well, we, I just found out that, the, that Ukraine was a largest supplier of wheat, and they're, they're not going to be able to supply that anymore. You go, what does that mean for us? Guys, there's a famine coming for us. You go, what do you mean? The grocery stores, you've already seen it, okay? And you go, what should I do? Okay, well, let me give you some practical, okay? Take some time to stock up. Take some time to stock up. Take three to six months if you can. Take When you go to the grocery store, um, buy some canned foods. Um, you know, I mean, that that would be a wise thing to do. Oh, Ben, 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 I'm not a doomsday prepper. I believe the Lord's going to take, yes, the Lord's going to take care of us. But here's here's my thought, okay? Let's say that you go, okay, I've got, I've got, I've got a little closet that I'm going to put some food in just in case. Um, because the prices are going to be outrageous. Guys, this is the world we're living in. I'm telling you the truth. I, I need it. You need to do this. I, I've got to put some, um, we may be eating, um, uh, corn for six months. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, we'll finally lose that weight that we've been trying to lose because we'll be tired of eating corn. But you say, okay, but what if the rapture took place? Then here's a couple of things. First of all, it's not only for you, but it's for those around you. Okay? Your neighbors are going to look. They're going to need hope. And then that, then you go, hey, come on in. Let me hear, hear some kids. Um, that, you, you understand that, guys. Okay? So there's a famine. There's a famine coming. Okay? Second of all, if we are raptured, then somebody else is going to need that food. Because when we talk about the tribulation, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, if you ever watch The Walking Dead, you know, they're always making runs to get stuff. So that'll be a blessing to somebody who finds it. But I, I just want to underscore what you said, because Russia and, and Ukraine are major producers of wheat, but there's also a fertilizer shortage that's already happening worldwide. So farmers already in the United States are having trouble getting fertilizer 
plus uh, the inflation we're seeing because of gas prices uh, and supply chains are going to get worse. And so you add it all up, and it's it's not a joke. Uh, there probably will be food shortages worldwide, and don't think that we may not be affected. So we do need to prepare for that. Right. And the thing about it is that I'm not sure if old Lubbock, Texas is going to be first on the list to get a truck to. You know what I'm saying? And so, and we got to remember, according to Revelation, during the tribulation, um, there's only going to be, there's only going to be enough food to feed 20% of the population. Well, now you're going, well, I can see why. Because there won't be anything in the shelves. There won't be anything in the shelves. But as Christians, guys, we're not worried about that. Now, let me take your mind real quick. Do you remember when the Israelites came to Egypt and God took care of them? He put them in the land of Goshen. God, he's going to take care of us, and you have to trust that, okay? You may not have your filet mignon like you're used to, but you're not, you're not going to starve. But the thing about it is that we have to be others-oriented. We have to be looking at how, okay, how are we going to reach our community, okay, when this happens? Because you've got single moms out there that can make, can't make ends meet. How are we going to help them, okay? You've got... You've got um, Families that are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, if you go to the grocery stores, you see how it's increased. You can see it. Okay, every week, a little by little. And, you know, they used to say, well, we're going to nickel and dime you to death. Well, that's what they're doing. Okay, and so the inflation is taking its call. And never have we ever been in this situation before. Never. So now you've got a war. Okay, you've got a war. Now, here's what I heard today. Your vehicles, vehicles in the future. Did you know that China is ready to invade Taiwan? And did you know that Taiwan is produces 65% of the little um, chips? The Sil- chips. They have silicone factories there. There's a huge factory in Taiwan that makes most of our silicon. Now, they're building new plants in Arizona and I can't remember where else. But that's only to keep up with the demand and if we lose Taiwan, you think there's a chip shortage now. You won't have phones, guys. We won't have phones. Right. Our cars won't work. Right. And well, you won't be able to buy new ones. You won't be able to buy new ones. Right, right. There won't be anything. I mean, but, but, they're, but that's because China wants to, they want to control. Well, they've always wanted Taiwan, right? So uh, the world's distracted by Russia and Ukraine. And frankly, the United States is weak. And so when the United States is weak, that invites trouble. Um, and not only that, back to the World Economic Forum, uh, the World Economic Forum has leaders in countries all around the world, and we'll get to Canada again during money. Um, but, you know, unfortunately our current administration is part of that plan. You can't have a great reset with America first, and so you need to have America not first. Uh, you know, for this communism to take back over. So, unfortunately, we're seeing that unfold as well. Right. So, what happens next, guys? Biblically, we're looking at the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. Now, let's go there real quick. I want to read it to you because I I definitely want to stay in the Word of God, and then we'll talk about the rest of the stuff. Ezekiel 38, we're not going to read all of it, guys, but I want to show you something. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm against you, O God, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, 
Okay, so the first thing we know is that there's there's the Gog. That's the land. Okay, that's that's the territory um, we know of is the whole part of the Russian area over there. Okay, um, I'm sorry, Magog. Gog is a person. Now, some people say is Vladimir Vladimir Putin Gog, or is there somebody else? Let me just say this to you. Okay, I found out in my prophecy conference and and just in the study today that right now uh, it. Ch- Russia and China and India are collaborating so that they can build a world power. And they have, I mean, you talk about people, you talk about, I mean, all three of them. And they're saying, and the reason why is they want to put the United States, um, just a third world country down on the bottom. You, you, you were not a superpower anymore. Remember, we were the leading guys. The United States was the leader in the free world. They look to us all the time and now we're slowly slipping down. But now you've got you've got the mass people of India. Now let me just say this to you. Now it's not conspiracy theory. I'm just gonna shoot this out there, take it for what it's worth, throw it away, do whatever you want to do. Okay? The Battle of Armageddon happens after the seven year tribulation. And we know that there's going to be a two hundred million men army come into the Valley of Megiddo to fight against God. And really us, but you know, I mean, we're going to be with God just kind of wondering what's happening. He's going to take care of that. But China's going to be able to field, and they're the only ones who can field a 200 million man army. But I looked at their current, and, and they can't, it's not 200 million right now. Okay? But you add an, an army in coalition from India, do you think they could fit and fill 200 million man army? You go, really easy. You go, but where's Russia? Well, remember, Russia's going to be taken out. Why? Because look at verse 4. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed in great company and bucklers and shields and all the handling of swords. Now, before we go on, probably the gas prices are so high, so we're all back to horses again. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. It, it's probably just how he wrote it. But uh, he says, okay, so you guys with me? Verse 5, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them. And all of them with the shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops, the house of Tagarma from the far north and all its troops and many people with you. Okay, so we have to understand who they are. Jot this down if you're taking note. Vladimir Putin could be Gog. He definitely could be Gog. Magog includes Russia, guys, the Ukraine, Kakistan, Ubikistan, and here's what tripped me out, um, Afghanistan. Where does Afghanistan fit in this? Uh, Afghanistan is a ragtag fugitive fleet of Taliban. Uh, they're not really very organized, but uh, theologically, they very much align, are, align with Iran. And the Mahdi and the coming of the Mahdi and, you know, just some of their weird spiritual beliefs about end times. And and they were in the news just recently this past year, all of a sudden. Well, yeah, I mean, and we got out of Afghanistan finally, which was good, uh, most likely. But, um, yeah, Afghanistan has always been a problem just because of, you know, who they are in their terrain. But they have some very... Very weird end time beliefs along with Iran and others. So you understand who Magog is, okay? It's Russia, 
Okay, you've got and and right next to right next to the Ukraine guys, you have you have Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. So you have these; they're just going to fall in. They're going to be like, okay, all right, right, hey, this he's the big dog on the court right now. Okay, there you go. Then you have Tubal Gomor, and these are the Slovak the, in, in the Slovak countries, and it's Germany. Check this out: Poland and Czech Republic. And I heard something about Poland this past week. I don't know if you did or not, but I don't know if. Um, if you have anything on that, um, I just I, I didn't. Well, here, you would so. think that Poland's next, right after Ukraine. Uh, you know, if he wants to get the Soviet Union back together, there you go. So you know, and the Ukrainians are going to Poland. Poland's taking them in. So you know, it's possible that uh, if Ukraine falls, uh, and because you know, it's looking that way, that uh, Putin may just go, keep going into Poland. So. Possible, right? You can see that. Um, so you got put, you got modern day Libya, you got Persia. Everybody write this down. Persia is Iran. It's really easy. Iran, but it also includes Eastern Iraq. So you've got a little bit, but mostly Iran. Now, remember earlier, Iran wants to kill Israel. They want to nuke them. They've always been going out and they want, they, they refer to Israel as, um, Little Satan, but they refer to the United States as Big Satan. So they want, they're, we're not, they don't just want to go there, they want to come here too. Like I was talking too about Iran, Iran is also Hezbollah. Iran is also the West Bank, and Gaza, the Palestinians. Uh, Iran is also the, I forget their names, down in Yemen. Yeah. So Iran has right. proxies all over the, the Middle East as well. Right. And so you have Tagarma, which is Turkey, Armenia, and and uh, you've got all of these. So here's what we know. Ezekiel is, they're going to they're, they're, they're call, call, all these people are going to, so, so what, what do I look for? Well, first of all, um, and according to Amir, okay, and I was trying to figure this out. According to Amir, he said, keep your eyes on Damascus. Well, we know the prophecy of Damascus is in Isaiah 17. It says they're going to be destroyed, Okay. And I was telling my wife last night, I was saying, so keep your eyes on Israel. She goes, yes, but what does that mean? I mean, just look at Israel. No, no, no. It means uh, when it comes to news, make sure you're getting the proper news, okay? Not mainstream news media, okay? Get proper news, get get truth, but find out what's going on in Israel, okay? Find out what's happening in in that whole area, because because Damascus, again, they're going to be wiped out. Isaiah 17, verse 1 says, Damascus is going to be a ruinous heap. And then, according to Amir, now, I, don't, I, I didn't have time. He said, he said this. He said, that will be the beginning of, when you see that, that'll be the start of Ezekiel 38 war. Okay? So, I, we'll, we'll just have to research that more uh, on that sort of thing. But we do know this. God, they're going to come in. Russia and all his coalition. Boom. Okay. There's going to be a giant war. God's going to show up. Not Israel. Not their troops. God's going to show up. He's going to destroy all of those troops. All of them. So much so. Listen to this. Listen to Ezekiel 39.11. It will come to pass in that day that I will give God a burial place in Israel. In the valley of who passed by the cat by the east of the sea it will be obstructed by travelers because they will have to bury gog in all its multitude therefore they will call it the valley of haman gog okay so what happens 
what happens? There are going to be so many people to bury out in the Israel that it's like, hey, you can't pass. So where does that put us? Well, Russia's already making a move. Okay, so what's next? Here's what you do. Jot this down. Keep your eyes on Damascus. Damascus is in Syria. Watch that. Find out what's happening. Okay, now the next move could be Poland. It could be some of these other where, where now all of a sudden uh, the USSR is back. Okay, what are we doing? We're going stop it. Stop it. Okay, don't, don't, don't do that. Okay, all the while we're trying to make ends meet. We're trying to uh, pay for our gas prices. We're trying to pay for food. We're trying to wonder what's going on. All this is going to happen. Okay, now let me give you the application and then we'll jump into some other stuff. This means two things. You ready? The rapture, the harpazo, could happen any day with Russia invading Ukraine. It could happen any day right now. That's what it really means. Because there's a lot of people that go, well, when's the rapture going to happen? Before or after? Well, we know that it could happen before. How about in the middle? Sorry, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It could happen. Okay? Yeah, anytime. Or Russia is a beta test for a future date when they actually invade it right before the tribulation. Okay? So you have two possible scenarios. It could be it could be now, it could be it could happen tonight. Or you look at Russia and they're going to see how far they can get. Okay? Let me just say this to you. Please understand the pandemic. The, uh, listen, I take nothing away from uh, the COVID-19. Okay? COVID-19 killed and destroyed some of our, our most precious people, people that we loved. Okay? They got the virus. They ended up dying. And, and I, they take nothing away from that. But I will say this, they used it, the people used it as a beta test to see how well they can control people. Okay? Now it's a beta test because you go, well, why would you say that? Because we're going to talk about Revelation 13 where the Antichrist, his whole goal is control. But guess what the whole goal of Vladimir Putin is? Control. Right. Guess what the uh, whole idea of the economic world form is? Control. Control. Okay? Now, that's going to lead us into what? Money. That's what we're going to talk about next. Okay? So you have an Ezekiel war. It's going to happen. Keep your eye on Damascus. Watch out what's going on. Okay? Get your news right. Now, here's some application. Stock up a little bit. Okay? I'm not, I'm not telling you to panic. I'm telling you... Hey, it's a good idea to get a get you know get some cans of corn and green beans and things that you can that you can just in, just in case get some listen get some ramen noodles, whatever you need to do stuff that's gonna stuff that's gonna hold right, um, rice even rice and beans, yeah. okay get some flour that, it's just being wise, it's just being wise. I'm not a, you know you go well Ben I I hope we never use it I hope we never use it too. I hope we're able to all load it up in a big truck and got it so good that we could uh, give it to a food pantry and amen. But I also know that, listen, there's a lot of people who don't know what's going on. They're not grasping what's happening in the world. And they're hopelessly optimistic. It's all going to be okay and we're all going to be happy and we're just, just wait. And, 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 and I get that. I I actually have a little bit of hope in midterms. 
like the midterm election, maybe we could, maybe, you know, and, but I've got to figure out what's going to happen biblically. Right. And right? I think, yeah, and I think we might have a really good summer. I mean, I think um, politically. He's speaking, only given a summer, guys. And then, then it's going to go down. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the other thing. I really don't know. That's, that's the thing. It's just, you know, all of my experience in politics and media and just, and you guys know, um, you, you see what's happening and it, it, it feels like God is revealing this stuff to us. I'm not saying so saith the Lord, but just even in the natural on what we see, um, that's why I say we, we should have a, I think we'll have a good summer, maybe not economically so much, but, um, the Democrats have to try and get reelected. So, you know, at least as far as behaving themselves, I mean, I think there's going to be some good things. I think we are going to have um, a good chunk of the rest of this year. And even if you look at technical analysis of stock markets and things like that, and I'm not an expert on this, but I follow a guy who's really good, and I've kind of bought into his his thinking. And it looks like things are going to go up for a while and before it gets bad. And so it could okay. get bad. So let's talk about let's talk about money because the right. best way we talked about control, right? That's what that's what the end game is. The end game for Russia and all of this that's going on and and all the powers that be is control. And part of controlling us is is health wise. But it's also money. Money. So what is the god of this world? Money is the god of this world. And um, back to the World Economic Forum, they really showed their hand in Canada uh, just last month, if you were paying attention to what was happening there. How many of you saw that in Canada? Everything. So, okay, listen. And I don't know if you know this, and it, my jaw hit the floor when it, it didn't surprise me so much, but kind of did. The deputy to the Prime Minister of Canada is also a deputy to the World Economic Forum. And what they did to these truckers is they passed this emergency, whatever they called it, and through that they were able to seize bank accounts of of basically their political opponents, like you would in a third world country or like Russia would do. Canada did that to their citizens, and and they justified it, and they still have the power to do it today, and they used the banks to do it. And that, uh, to me, did two things. It just scares me. Um, but the other thing is, and again, God is in control. He's going to take care of us. So I'm, uh, I get my peace back when I get my eyes back on Jesus. But it does, you know, it, it's it's worrisome, obviously. And um, the thing about that is, even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we've had conservatives in this country where PayPal has closed their accounts where Chase Bank has closed their accounts, where uh, Wells Fargo has closed their accounts because they don't agree with them politically. So they've done it on a very small scale. They did it and they introduced it in a big scale in Canada just recently. World Economic Forum, the connection. The other big thing about money, money is going to change in a major way. And most people are going to be like, it's gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna surprise them, it's gonna confuse them, and they're not gonna like it, I don't think. Uh, it'll be sold as a good thing. But, how many people here know about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency? So, Bitcoin's great, uh, it's, it's decentralized money, 
and anything that's accepted as you know for trade can be considered money. Uh, the thing about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, they're decentralized. So there's computers all over the world that verify the transactions and keep the ledger. And so the ledger is immutable. You can't change it because of all. The, it has to agree with all these other computers around the world. What uh, governments are introducing, China already has, is a central bank digital currency, CBDCs. Your CBDCs. Uh, President Biden uh, signed an executive order last week uh, talk, telling agencies in the United States to um, get together and come up with some common sense regulations for cryptocurrencies and to study a U.S. digital dollar. Well, they've already studied a U.S. digital dollar. This is to get you used to a U.S. digital dollar. And if my TA guy is right, and then other people that are talking about this, yeah, we're going to have stock markets going to be going up here in the next few months, uh, even as the dollar does fall. Um, and cryptos are going to be going up, the good cryptos. Um, and so then comes... and. The, the TI guy I've watched, he shows the run-up to the big, uh, the Great Depression. And he shows the Roaring Twenties and then the Great Depression. And, you know, he shows the similarities of what's happening now and what could happen. I'm not saying a Great Depression is coming. I'm not saying it's not. But uh, it looks like at least recession may be worse. And so when that happens, who's going to save us? Well, who broke it? Um, you know, the government who is saying, we don't want your Russian oil, but we're not going to drill for our own either, and we're going to cancel our own pipelines, we're going to give Russia a pipeline. These people are going to come in and say, okay, well, we have a plan because of your inflation and now deflation and, and um, you know, possible recess recession and maybe depression. We're going to switch out your dollars Digital dollar. Oh, this is great. So I'll just have digital dollars in my bank, and I'll, I can still use my card. Everything will work that way. The thing about a centralized digital dollar is you can track every transaction, every single transaction. And with smart contracts, you may be able to program the dollar on how it can be spent ahead of time. And so it's like, oh, Ben posted something on Facebook about Jesus. Well, we can't have that. So we're not going to let him use his money for a week. So you won't get time out from Facebook. You might get time out from your money uh, or access to your account. Now, that's hypothetical, and I'm not positive that's going to happen, but it's certainly a possibility when you have the digital dollar, they'll be able to track every transaction and, and everybody. And the United States is having one. Uh, all the countries are talking about getting their own. China already has their own. Mike and I were talking before this, and he reminded me something that I heard today, that Egypt, is it Egypt? It was Egypt. Yeah, Egypt is thinking of uh, using the Chinese yuan to buy their oil instead of the American dollar. And the Chinese yuan is digital, but... Uh, that goes back to what we were talking about, the, the dollar. And if, uh, if other countries adopt that strategy, the dollar's been used for oil transactions since the 70s. Uh, if we lose that as the standard, uh, you, you know, things could get rough 
for the dollar in a hurry, which could speed up the introduction of the digital dollar and universal tracking for all your transactions. Now remember and control. For the believer, we're gonna we're gonna be out of here. We know Jesus is coming back, but what what they're going to do is again remember this is they're they're gonna they're gonna beta test us with this and set it up because in Revelation, guys, the Bible says the Antichrist is gonna cause both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or forehead. Okay, so everything is going to go. Now, now, we're going to talk about that mark in just a minute, but you need to understand the Bible does not say specifically there's a one world order or a one world currency. It doesn't talk about that. But there are, there are precepts and, and concepts in the Bible that allude to us, so we, we, we decipher it and go, oh, yeah, there is. Now, you go, well, what, what, where do I fit in in this, okay? When you see it happening, you can kind of go, oh, we're close to the return of the Lord, okay? I, we see cryptocurrency. We see. Now, you go, well, Ben, come on. If you go back to the 1980s and you were watching TV, um, you would see something on the screen that said www dot and then it had an address and it said dot com and you paid no attention to it it was weird it was foreign to you and and they just posted it that anybody remember that back in the day okay you just you just saw it and then and then all of a sudden in the 90s it was like oh you mean we could dial up right and it took forever to get online and then and then you could talk to somebody around the world and then now look guys now now look where we're at okay so think about cryptocurrency in this way, that it just, it, it's at the speed of all of a sudden, you know, and now, so, so the people, whoever they are, they can seize our bank accounts. Already. Already. Okay. They're trying to introduce a new credit score. Oh, yeah. A ESG. new credit score is not going to be based on how much, how you make a payment. I think of Sheree, she's a, she's a realtor, and so, so she's going to go and try to sell a house. And she gets a great client, and all of a sudden they go, well, you know our current administration, and all of a sudden she doesn't, they don't qualify for that house anymore based upon what she posted or said. It's not going to be based on if she made her payments. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what the new right. credit score is. The social credit score. It's to, right. it's to, what? To control us. Right. Yeah. That's exactly, and again, guys, listen, what did you say early? First time we started, you said in 2030, you're going to own nothing and be happy and be because happy. you won't have a car. <laughs> that's right. Okay? Because the chip, we can't, we can't produce them. Okay? Um, they want to take us, everything electric. Even though there's no electric charging station, I mean, it, it, that, they don't even get me into that. Right. But it's all, it, it, all this is, is right now, this is what the prophecy update is all about. Guys, all of this that you see, the money, the cryptocurrency, all of that's happening right now. Guys, it's happening because, why? Because the Lord is saying, get your eyes up. Yeah. So, so it should give us a heart to go after the lost. Right. It should give us hearts that pray. It should it should give us a place where we forgive, and 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 move forward, yeah. and not hold on to grudges, 
and, and let the enemy rip us off of our joy and our peace and all of that things. It should make us, what Solomon said, take every, you, you guys need to create moments. Okay, you need to create moments with your family. This is what you have. This is a moment. Because again, this is what's going to happen. Now, think about what he said. And he causes all. The word cause there in Revelation, I don't know if Josh, Josh can put it up. Revelation uh, 13, 16. Notice the word cause. Okay, that in the original Greek means you won't have a choice. It's not, hey, well, we're going to mandate this or if you feel like it, or maybe you can get an exemption. That word means you will not have a choice. And and tell me you have not seen that in our world today, where you cannot buy or sell. There were people in New York that could not go into the restaurant without showing them a vaccine passport right. on their phone to get a meal. Yep. In the United States of America. Yep. Yes, and you know... <laughs> You know what uh, Hans Blix was talking about at the World Economic Forum was, hey, this would be a great, you could have like a tattoo or something on your hand, you know, and there you could use that as your vaccine passport. That's amazing. Uh, and I sent you that, uh, this has been months ago when yeah. I sent you that article in the Russian article about a company has come up with a QR code that's a tattoo that goes on your hand or your arm. Uh, that you use for your vaccine passport. <laughs> but let's just say this. Every one of us has a phone. Okay? So it wouldn't be a big deal to put a chip in your hand that transmits to your phone all your data, everything that you need, your credit score, and all of that right here. And especially, specifically, um, if, if you've, you've had the COVID or if you've, had, if you've been sick or if you've had the flu or whatever it might be. That you don't have control over because they can update your score from you know, remotely. That'll be in your phone that would be tied to your chip, uh, you know, that's tied to your digital money, that's tied to your social score, uh, that's tied to your environment score. Your, your carbon footprint is part of this. And let's say this, guys, let's say that. Now, this is not for us, but what I want to do is I want to create an urgency in you to go, okay, Ben, we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. Let's, let's, let's be right with God. But it's this. If you go out to eat with a group of people and, and, and they are bashing, they're not good little boys and girls behavior-wise, okay? You are lumped into that and you, so, so basically you, you're going to start not having any friends and go, well, we all need to just, we can't say anything and, and we all have to, you know, you can't say, you have no freedom of speech. You have, you cannot say what your heart, you have to say, everything's great, wonderful. We love our administration where God is, well, I can't even say God, you know, because, I mean, just think about that because yeah. that'll, that'll, the, the, this is what's going on now. Yeah. This is what's happening. Are they? They're pretty much. That's exactly what's happening. Now, again, this is beta test. This is all, this is all set up. Now, you mentioned this last night that in Daniel, it talked about the world increasing in 
in knowledge and everyone will move to and fro. And, and are we not there? We know that that's the case. We're not there. We, we can see what's happening real time now. This is, this is crazy. It used to be that knowledge would increase every, uh, every few decades, and that was when it was accelerating in the 80s and 90s. Uh, now knowledge increases basically every day. I mean, uh, the computer, the computer programs we have, the, um, and also you talk about the Tower of Babel when God gave so much of, of His image to us. When man was together building this tower to heaven because they didn't want to, they were avoiding the next flood and they wanted to be, you know, reach up to the heavens. God said, you know, if man is together and they put their mind to it, they can accomplish anything. He scattered us. Well, we're back together. And um, it, there's so much that we are accomplishing. And it's, it's not a good thing when you have evil taking over. This is one thing that makes me angry. And when I get angry, I'll talk about that in a second. But He turns green. I do, yes. <laughs> That's the, the spinach. Rate. That's the spinach. I need okay. to stop. Anyway, um, like cryptocurrency is a wonderful invention. It's this decentralized form of money with, de- with uh, uh, digital finance I mean, it could revolutionize the world in the hands of good people. What makes me so mad is that evil people uh, take it and turn it into an evil thing. And that's what makes me upset. But, you know, it's the way of the world. And uh, we talked about this last night, too. Um, you know, the last couple of years have been really hard for me, and I've, I've gone through a lot, which has helped me to grow a lot. So it's been a blessing in that way. And through that... You talk about the ten stakes, and I love that analogy. My ten stakes are not very deep anymore. So, you know, as we see God, you know, see the signs of his coming again soon, and as we see these things, if we're right, um, as we see these things, we see his, his coming approaching. I get excited about that. Yeah, I really do. I've realized in the last couple of years to a degree I've never had him before, this is not my home. We are just passing through, and if we have a chance to sing praises at midnight in a jail like Paul and Silas did, the Holy Spirit's going to cause that to happen in us if we find ourselves in that position. You know, God is in control of this whole thing. You know, Canada has hate, hate speech. A pastor can't preach out of the Bible things like about homos- the Bible, biblical truths about homosexuality and you know, we, we see where the world is taking all of that right now. And, uh, you know, you it's not a stretch anymore to see that happening in America and soon. So as these things continue to go, right. I'm starting to get right. more encouraged. Now, and again, remember, way. for the Christian, here, here's what you do. There's there's people who are going to be talking to you. And, and you, it, it happened in the last two years. That's all we talked about was COVID. COVID, COVID. And what happened to COVID, COVID? Well, all of a sudden, I don't hear anything about COVID anymore. You know? And then, and so, what? So, but they're talking about the war. They're the talking war. about what's going on in the world. They're talking about gas prices. Guys, this is, a, this is an open door for us to say, hey, well, let me, let me just share, you know, some things that are, gonna, that are going on and, 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 and share the gospel. Yeah. You know, shine, shine bright because what's going to happen, think about a beta test. What does a beta test do? You put it out, you see the results, you see how the people react, then you come back and you regroup and then you send it out. And, and so there might be something down the line. I don't know. I don't know. But what have we learned? We learned this, guys. The church is not in the building. Okay? We learn, we grow in here, and then we take the church outside. 
Okay, we've got to go to the people. Now, that's that's what we learned from COVID. We we we've, we've got to be a church outside the walls. We've got to minister to people. We got to love on people. We took people food. You know, we gave them money. People who are hurting during the lockdown and all that stuff. Okay, so a lot more opportunities. You know, as times get tough, people are going to start. People are already starting to freak out, and they don't know what's happening in there. Um, it's going to be a lot of opportunities, you know, to serve. They're going to come to us, and we're going to be able to go out to them. Right. So, so you have you have mass mandates. You have vaccine passports. Um, it's a beta test. But but think about this. Here's what I want you to say, and then we're gonna we're gonna end with the tribulation. But um, think about this: climate control. Think about the famine in the land. I didn't realize this, but the prime minister of of Canada. Justin Trudeau is a is a vegan, and he spent a hundred million dollars to uh, to make sure. I mean, I, I I don't even know how to say it other than to make sure that we're all vegans. He wants he wants the whole world that way. Yeah, Bill Gates went on TV and was talking about meat being grown in a petri dish and saying that everyone should be eating this, and in the future everyone will be, and. When I talk about the stuff I talk about, it's I just listen to what they're saying. I'm just telling you what they're saying, and that's why I think these are. And they're not even hiding it anymore, Mm -hmm. guys. They're they're actually saying this. Okay, so you have you have famine that's going to come up. You're going to have you have ships. You you've seen it. You guys are not blind. You've seen embargo ships around the world. Can't get in there. Can't get stuff. Can't buy Fritos. What is that all about? Yeah, Fritos. Um. And then, and then I think, what was the toilet paper thing all about two years ago? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Some of you probably still have. Anyways, so, so you've got climate, you've got the, the new green deal, you've got the build back better, which is not. All of this is going to lead us up to the tribulation. Now, here's what you need to know about the tribulation. It does not start until the signing of the peace treaty. Understand that. We could see the Ezekiel 38 war go on. We could see it happen right now. We could see it next week. We'd see it in the fall. We could actually win the election in, in the midterms and things could change around and still have the Ezekiel 38 war. The tribulation does not start until the sign, the signing of the peace treaty. Now, the rapture is going to come before that, but we could be very close. Yeah. So you need to know that. Okay, so even if we don't, if we see the destruction of Russia, even if we live through World War III or the beginning, the wrath of God does not start until the Antichrist signs the seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And the Word of God tells us that we're going to be taken out first. And so all of this tonight is to tell you, to warn you, to say, hey, uh, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Now's not the time to be playing church. Now's the time to be real with God, to be to ha- to have a real walk, to be praying, to be praying for your loved ones. And and we don't have to be obnoxious to tell people about Jesus. We just need to be real, and 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 we just need to share. We just need to share. I've had an opportunity to be able to share to with a friend of mine um, at the gym and and be able to shoot straight because he'll ask me. Gases, and I'll shoot straight with him. I said, the Lord's coming back. Opportunity with the hard times that are happening. Always. And, yeah. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to guide us and is going to lead us, and that's why we need to stay close to the Lord so he can 
direct us through these times. And, uh, you know, I think about, you know, just how God got Israel through all kinds of things. I think about Gideon. You know, he's hiding in a hole, threshing right, wheat. Right. And an angel shows up. Hey, great and mighty warrior. He's looking around like, who are you talking to? Right. Um, you know, God's, you know, as, as we get into what may be an adventure, we may see, you know, those types of things too. Um, I don't know. It, it's, um, here's what God's done. He's going to use every one of us. Right. Every one of us in this room, God wants to use in a great yeah. way. He's, he's put his Holy Spirit inside you. Yeah. And he's going to specifically guide you and lead you. Um, our goal isn't to get to, to fight people on Facebook or Instagram. Our goal is to is to is to love people and let them see, hey, this thing is real. Now, remember, the majority of the I say the world, the majority of Christians are biblically illiterate. They have no clue about Ezekiel thirty eight. They have no clue of Revelation. Churches aren't teaching Revelation. And you've got to read through it, and you've got to see. And we've taught it twice through here, and it's—I mean—it's just a—it's a great reminder. Um, the Lord Jesus is coming back, and so we have to—we have to be ready. This should stir our hearts to go. Oh, okay, I see what's happening. There's a war. Okay, Russia's involved. Yep, he's, it's in scripture. Okay, and it's like reading the newspaper. Yeah. I see that. It's like reading. The, I, I read the Bible, and it's the newspaper. But I also get up. And you know what? I try. It doesn't always happen, but I try to let the small things just go away because I know the Lord could come back today. And what really encourages me is I'm reminded about when you said God does not pour out his wrath on his bride. You know, when he went to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham was like, God, yeah, he knew God. He knew God's character. Far be it from you that you would destroy that place if there are 50 righteous people. And God said, yeah, I won't do it. 40, 30, got him down to 10. And there was one, and God got him out and his family first. Same with the flood. One righteous person left. Noah got him and his family out. And I know that's a picture yeah. of Israel, too. That's another show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, you see that where God gets the righteous out before he pours out his wrath. We have uh, just a couple of minutes. Is there any questions? Does anybody have a question? You have a question. The Antichrist will sign the peace treaty with Israel. Yes. Now, according to Second Thessalonians, and I know there's some debate, we as the church won't see the Antichrist. Okay? God is going to keep him hidden. We might see glimpses of somebody, and we go, hey, it might be this dude. Oh, it might be that dude. But the church won't, because God wants us to be looking for Jesus Christ. Now, once we're removed, and it could be as the Holy Spirit is removed, okay, but also, too, um, the Christians removed because you're the ones, we're the ones say, no, we're not going to do this. No, we're going to stick biblically. Um, then the man of perdition says will uh, be revealed. So thank God we don't know who he is. I don't want to know who he is. Uh, maybe in heaven we'll be like, that's the dude, but but I don't know. I don't know. Here's what scares me. is and Every one of us in this room has people that we know that we're like, oh, man, they're not walking with God or they don't know God. They're going to be left behind. They're going to go through all of this. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And so this is, this is what this is all about. Any other, is there any, any other questions? Right. 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 And we'll, 
Right. So there's people who I'm trying to explain things like what it is that how we have to explain this in this context. Right. But they take what you say to put it in a roadshow to use it against you later. So do I continue to I gave a full explanation on on, on the merits of Right, right. I always go back to this, and, and, and most of you know this, how precious is one soul? And, and we, always, we always continue as best we can to love people and pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate their eyes and, and, and ask for discernment to say, Lord, you know, I don't want to cast my pearl before swine. If they're not gonna, if they're not gonna listen, then I'll I'll go somewhere else. But, but you know, it's not so much what even what Calvary Chapel's doing, but it's it's about hey, these are the signs of the times. These are the things that we should be looking at. Number one, guys, we should be a family. Okay, we should be a family, a church family that loves each other, supports each other, walks with each other. Okay, we should be praying with each other, praying for each other. Okay, we all have family that you go, oh, if the Lord came back tonight, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't go. Um, maybe some of you in this room tonight would go, Pastor Ben, I, I'm not sure if I would go. You know, and, and, and I want an opportunity tonight. After what you said, I, I sure would like an opportunity. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, just be you. You can't be anybody else. And if the Lord tells you go, talk to them, talk to them and, and love on them. Because again, remember... Um, you know, it's it, we're we're called to love people back to life, and they've been hurt, and they've been broken. And let, let me just say this too, and I don't know if you guys know this, but um, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to pray for our president, and you should pray for Joe Biden, whether you believe the election or anything else. You pray for Joe Biden, but I always want to know why people do what they do. And I went back to his history and, and realized that probably early on, did you realize that his family, his wife, and his and his his kids got killed in an accident early on. And what if he blamed God on that? And so he grew up just angry at God. And so right now he's just an uh, awful person because uh, just of what life had had hit them. And so and so the point is is that is that we we need to continue to pray and we need to continue to witness and share. And how precious is one soul? We get angry. We get angry about what they're doing. But you know what? Hell and eternity apart from Christ is far worse than anything than than gas prices going up or your lunchable going up 10 cents. How do I know I bought some yesterday? But it, it's gone up. That's right. After the election, I really lost my peace for a while. And um, those of you that don't know, I used to be the political director for the Republican Party in the state of Arizona. And so I was deeply into the political stuff. And after the election, I was really, really upset. And then watching the news since then and Twitter and everything else, I just, I was losing my peace. Um, and I had to get my eyes back on Jesus and I had to, and it was a lesson. You know, whatever's happening here and whatever's happening to our country that we love, 
whatever's happening to the world that we love. Jesus, His mission that He's given each of us is paramount. And so if you feel yourself losing your peace, eyes on Jesus, and then yes, these things upset us, and I don't know what we can do about what's happening to our country, to our world. I've read the book, and apparently the podcast uh, didn't turn things around, ultimately. But we can reach some people. I know that Israel was under Roman rule, and Jesus had nothing to say about politics, but he did have a lot to say about serving a Roman soldier uh, to show that kindness of God to him so that you could win a Roman soldier. Paul and Silas winning a, a guard and his family. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll be in those circumstances, but whatever the circumstances, ultimately that should be our heart and, you know, about God's business. Guess what the Lord's putting into my heart, guys, is don't check your brain in at the door. You're, you're intelligent people. Look about what's going on, but trust the sovereignty of God. I mean, you, sometimes you go, hey, this is, this has to happen. This has to go, this has to follow that path. And it's exciting for us. And we may not like it, but it's exciting because we're going to be the generation that actually sees the return of the Lord. And, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to die. I want to go in the rapture. Man, that's going to be fun. I'd be like, that's right. Oh, you know, and we're um, going to need each other. Yeah. You know, that's why we're in this family. We're going to need each other. Good times and bad times. We've got to have a lot of good times. And if there's bad times, we have to support each other and help each other and serve the community too. Is there anyone else? Real quick. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We that and and that's the thing. We we don't know and we'll the Bible says when we get there we'll know all things and we'll go, "Oh, okay." 
Yeah. That, that's why I asked Mike yesterday, what was the purpose of Trump? I mean, because we, it's like if we didn't know good gas prices and great unemployment rate mm-hmm. and all this stuff, we would, we wouldn't, if we would have just never known anything. We'd just still be here going, well, I guess that's how we are. But we got a taste of something. Yeah. And, and the reason is I, we, we don't know why. Here's my answer to that. And I told you this last night. Trump revealed all of this. If, uh, if their plan to transition to Hillary, uh, would have happened, then we just would have been frogs sitting in the water that was getting warmer and warmer, and we would have much, we would not have known what was going on to the, and Trump blew it all up. You know, you can't have a great reset with an America first. And, you know, Trump was America first, and those of us who support him, we're America first. And you can't have a world global government with America that's strong and America first. Trump showed us who they are and what they're about. And I truly believe that, and I think it was a gift from God. So, again, to prepare us. That's to, the key. To, to see what's happening. Us. God is sovereign. Remember, God yes. is sovereign. Nothing's going to get past the Lord. This is where it's going to be. Just remember. Remember this. And, and I think, like Chris said, be ready. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure you pray for those that aren't right with God. Be a light. Um, keep your eyes on Israel. See what's happening in Damascus. Not that it, not you know, but it's just it. It should prompt us to holy living. It should motivate us even more for the lost, and that's what it should do. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth, and just and just looking at what, all that you have for us. And we just bless you, Lord. I thank you for every person here. I pray you bless them, you keep them, and give them and give them peace, Lord, tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that that even those listening by podcast, Lord, would um, just um, open up their heart and invite you inside, Lord. Your word tells us really plain that if we believe in you and we confess you, we'll be saved. And so we thank you. And so, Lord, um, we trust you. We trust you with this. And we are going to continue to preach prophecy. And we're going to continue to update. And we're going to continue to warn um, these precious souls warn them um, on what's going on in the world and what's what's about to go down. So so thank you. Give us wisdom. Lord, we'll still teach your word. We'll still teach your word, Lord, because um, that's where we grow. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to make sure, is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm really saved. I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven tonight if the Lord Jesus came. If that trumpet blew right now, I'm not really sure. Uh, but I want to be sure. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to just open up your heart and say yes to him. You go, what do I have to do? Well, just ask the Lord, Lord, am I right with you? Am I really saved? Um, you may have been baptized. You may have been in church all your life. But maybe tonight you're going, you know what? I am really not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, tonight's your night. And I want to pray for you. And maybe tonight you go, nope, everybody's here saved and praise God and we'll go forward. But I want to just give you an opportunity real quick. If Right now, if, if you're not sure that you're saved, that you're part of the family of God, but you want to be and you want me to pray for you, will you just lift up your hand? Would you just say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I'm really, really not sure. And you were talking about Israel. You're talking about war and all this stuff. And I'm just not sure. And I just want to give you an opportunity. Would you do that right now? Is there anyone here? tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Maybe somebody by podcast will 
will get saved. And we just pray that they open up their heart and they believe in you. And we love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And we'll see you on Sunday. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.